Welcome to the Word Made Plain with Senior Pastor Tony Clark of Calvary Chapel, Newport News in Virginia. Currently, Pastor Tony is teaching through the book of Joshua. Please open your Bible to Joshua chapter 2. When God exposes it, he's not trying to be mean. He's trying to get us to stop. But we refuse after several attempts to stop. So he has to bring it out. Then when it comes out in the open, then, you know, the tears and we're crying and it's, it's, it's a mess. And, and it's to get us to stop. This is why. And all of us, all of us have secrets. We have secrets we don't want anyone else to know. And the Lord wants us to confess these things to him privately. That's why David said, cleanse me from secret faults. David had secrets. People have secrets. And he wants us to expose those things. He wants us to confess those things to him before he has to make it, make it public. Then Rahab, she tells them that the men did come to her house, which was the truth. Then she lies about their present whereabouts. And this is what having secret faults will do to us. It will cause us to constantly lie. And after a period of time, we can become professional liars. We, we, and this is a scary thought. What, what happened is we, as children, the Bible says in, um, Ephesians 5, 1, it says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. So we're called to imitate God. Uh, uh, the Greek word for imitate is mimetis, where we get mimic from. Mimic is a person who imitates the words and actions of another individual. So we're called to be mimics of God as dear children. Children imitate their parents. This is why people used to say a long time ago, you don't need walls that can talk when you have children. They, they'll tell it. They'll tell what's going on in the home. You don't need walls talking. Kids talk. My mommy and my daddy, they were fighting. And they go to school telling that. And then the teacher's like, oh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Trump, can we have a conference? Because little Johnny here just, see. So we're called to imitate God. So what happens is when we lie, we're now imitating the father of lies, which is Satan. John 8, 44 calls Satan the father of lies. So when we have secret faults, we have to lie about things. And instead of us imitating God as dear children, we're imitating Satan. That's a scary thought. Scary thought. And let me tell you something, a lie can come out of our mouths as quick as the truth. It just, it boom! It just, boom! That's why the Bible says the tongue is a deadly thing. It, 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 James chapter 3 said the tongue is so wicked and deadly that it is connected to hell itself. That is heavy. That, 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 that lie would just, just flap out our mouth like boom. Wow. Now, verse 6 confirms that they had flat roofs at that time because they did. They had flat roofs that they, we use flax to flax to, to to cover them. Now, in this particular area, flax is known to grow three to four feet high. So, 
as the, the flax is laying over the flat roof, it was easy for these spies to hide up under uh, this flax. Flax was used for oil. It was used for linen. It was used for uh, making ropes. Um, we, we use a different type of material for ropes, but uh, they use flax at that particular time. So it had a variety of use. And, and so she used that to cover these, these men up. Look what it says in verses 8 through 14. It says, now before they uh, lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sister, and all uh, that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, "Our lives for yours. If none of you, uh, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you." Now, in these wonderful verses, we see the incredible conversion of Rahab. She had faith in God, according to verse 9, when she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land. She had a knowledge based upon what, uh, a knowledge of God based upon what he did for the Israelites by drying up the Red Sea, according to verse 10. She feared God, evidenced by the condition of her heart in verse 11. She also had an understanding of who God is in verse 11 when she says he is the God in heaven above and earth beneath. She was saved based upon what Romans 10, 9 would later say if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Something she clearly did. Based upon Hebrews chapter 11, the whole of faith itself. At all the people that are mentioned in that hall of faith, whose name is mentioned as a person having great faith? Rahab. She is mentioned in James chapter 2, verse 25, as a woman who put her faith into action. Finally, she is mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So with all of this said about Rahab being a woman of great faith, she was also a bit fat liar. She lied to the officers of the king and first Peter 2.17 will later say honored the king. She lied to him. She, she deceived them into hurrying and going after them because they may catch up with them. And when she knew that they were up on the roof. So how do we reconcile this? 
this Rahab, this woman of great faith, was a big fat liar too. How do we reconcile this? And many scholars, they wrestle, you should read some of the commentary, these guys, because they, they don't want to realize that people like Rahab are just like us. You want to know how we reconcile this? Easy. How many of you have lied before? Are you saved? Yeah. This is how we reconcile this incident. The Bible is not filled with perfect people who never sinned. The Bible is filled with imperfect people that God has graciously saved and used. He uses people like us who sin, deceive, have secret faults. So he can get the glory out of our lives. He gives us the Holy Spirit to convict us uh, of such sin, deception, and tomfoolery to make us more like Jesus Christ. The mess we do and the sin we commit will be dealt with at the judgment seat of Christ. We will not be judged for our sins. That was dealt with at Calvary's cross. But what we did in this life will either be wood, hay, and straw, or gold, silver, and precious stones based upon 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. So the secret faults, sins, or impure motives will not endure the fire of God's judgment. Like wood, hay, and straw cannot endure fire. But the things we did for the Lord with a pure heart, with pure motives, will be like gold, silver, and precious stones And these are things that endure the fire. Now, we will get rewarded for the things that endure the fire. The things that we did, we were fooling around. They will be like wood, hay, and straw, and they will be burned up. I used to think, yeah, I used to think when when I first got saved, I heard about the the judgment of Christ and our works will be judged. And I kind of saw like a a conveyor belt and our works going up. And boom into this furnace and what comes out, yeah, that's what comes out. That's not how it's going to be. Because the best commentary on the Bible is what? The Bible itself. And we know that the Bible says that we shall see Jesus face to face. And in Revelation chapter 1, it says he has eyes like flames of fire. And when we stand before him, those things that will wood, hay, and straw, those things will burn up. And those things that we did with pure motives, those are things that will endure. Those are things that we'll be rewarded for. So here's the thing that we need to see. When it comes to Rahab, her faith, how she put her faith into action, She's talked about in the New Testament. She's talked about in the Hall of Faith, the book of James, the book of Matthew. She's talked about and those things she did for the Lord would, they would not uh, put it, sorry, they would be gold, silver, and precious stones. They will endure. That lying, that deceiving, that will be wood, hay, and straw, and those things will burn up. That's how we reconcile this. Because 
we need to see that the people in the Bible were they're just like us. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5, this says Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. We look at Elijah, man, Elijah, woo, Elijah. That he was a prophet that was just, ooh, man. He was just like us. And Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and it rained. These are people just like us. We we read them in the Bible, and we're like, ooh, they must have been. I want you to notice something. Pay close attention when you're reading your Bibles, especially when you get to the Old Testament. I want you to notice something that is fascinating. It's a fascinating fact, and you're going to say, wow. All the people in the Old Testament who sinned great sins, and there's a lot to choose from. When you read about them in the New Testament, not one time is their sin mentioned. That is fascinating to me. I mean, from David and from all the other ones. Now, now, if there is somebody who I thought was a loser of losers, it was Lot. Lot, Lot was, and when I was in the book of Genesis, I did a message, you know, being in a lot of trouble. And so Lot was, this dude was, this dude was carnal. That dude was a mess. He looked towards Sodom and wanted the best because his uncle said, look, you choose the left, I choose the right. You choose the right, I choose the left. He, and the Bible says he looked up and he, and, and he saw Sodom. And it looked like Egypt. It was green. Oh, how many people looking for the green? And he looked for the green. And and then he pitched his tent, the Bible says, towards Sodom in Genesis 13. Then after that, we see him getting a little closer. The next thing you know, he's in Sodom. And then he got a little bit closer. He's one of the judges in Sodom. Okay, Lot, Really? He's one of the judges in Sodom. He probably thought, you know, I get into politics. I can change, uh, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. No, no. And he was so wicked and carnal. He was so carnal that when the angels came to him and said, man, get your, get your family and as many as you can get, get out of here. We're going to, we can't judge this place until you're gone. He went to his son-in-laws showing that he had two married daughters and two unmarried daughters. He came to his son-in-laws and they thought he was just joking. He lost his testimony. They didn't believe, you know, when he tried to talk to them about spiritual things, they said, man, you got it. You, you're joking, right? You're joking. That's what they thought. And, and so then, you know, he just... He, he, he finally leaves and, and the Bible says the angels had to drag him out. That he was just shuffling his feet. Lingering. Lingering. Oh, somebody, God told you to leave something and you lingering. You, and so they had to drag them, drag him, his wife, and the two unmarried daughters and drag them out. They got far enough. They said, don't look back. Better not look back. You don't see God doing this. You, you, you don't want to see God do this. You better not look back. And we know what happened. That wife. That's why Luke says, remember Lot's wife. And she was just, <laughs> and, and that sulfur 
that fire and brimstone plop on her. You see, you were thinking table salt, you know, that I know you. And it plopped and it plopped on her. <sighs> we give her a hard time for looking back, don't we? We give her a hard time. And, and, and I used to teach and I still do. She looked back because her heart was still in Sodom. But here's another little caveat that you can appreciate, especially for you mothers. Her heart was still in Sodom, maybe because she missed the Sodom, the wicked lifestyle. But maybe because her two daughters that got burned up back there. And that's why she looked back. Because remember, we had two married, two unmarried. We only focus on the two unmarried, the ones that took their father, got him drunk, and slept with him because they thought the world had ended. And slept with him. One had a son named Moab, and one where the Moabites came from. One had Ammon, where the Ammonites, two of the worst enemies Israel ever seen. It showed that those daughters, even though they got out of Sodom, Sodom wasn't out of them. Lot, we see him in the New Testament. None of this is mentioned. In 2 Peter 2, it calls him righteous Lot. (laughs) Righteous. Good grief. Dude, righteous? Righteous? It said that he tormented his righteous soul every day being in Sodom and Gomorrah. We never know that from Genesis 19. But everyone who blew it in the Old Testament, their sin is not mentioned in the New Testament. That blows me away. Rahab's line that everyone likes to focus on, it's not mentioned in the New Testament. She's mentioned as a a righteous, right on (laughs) girl. And that that just amazes me about the God that we, we serve. So, Once again, this story and many others, these stories are to encourage us. Because Romans 15.4 says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And this story and many others were written that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That if God can use lion Rahab, he can use lion me. See, that's the thing. Not use us in our line, but in spite of our lion and sin. God is truth. John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. The spirit of God in John 16, 13 is called the spirit of truth. And God is all about truth. So don't leave here saying, Pastor Tony, I can lie. No, the devil is a liar. <laughs> no, don't leave here continuing to lie through your teeth. No, but leave here with the hope that God can still use you in your imperfect state. See, this is an exhortation to stop believing the lie that you must be perfect before God can use you. We got too many needs, too many holes in the ministry for folks to be sitting in the stands. Time for you to get in the game. But see, Satan has lied to you and say, you know, you know what you, 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 God can use you. 
You gotta wait till you get it together. So just wait. Get till you get it together. Just sit. Keep sitting in that chair. Till you get it together. Months go by, years go by. And then right when you're like, oh, maybe I have to get in the game, he whispered, you better not. Continue to sit. Peter is a beautiful example of this truth. He denied the Lord three times. And after he repented and Jesus restored him in John chapter 21, you understand that the the gospel of John ended in chapter 20. John 20 and verses 30 and 31 says, these things were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and in believing you may have life in this name. To me, the gospel of John ended there. What was the purpose of John chapter 21? To restore Peter. And this was so important because not only to restore Peter, but the Peters throughout history who would blow it and wonder if God can use them again. So John chapter 20, 21 is given, should I say. So we see God use uh, Peter in a mighty way. We have first and second Peter. God used him in a mighty way and still using him today as we study first and second Peter. The same can happen in your life. Yes, you have blown it, lied and deceived, but through repenting, God can use you in a mighty way. Somebody needs to hear that today. To show you that Rahab was truly saved, she wanted to see her family saved in verse 12. She wanted to see her father, mother, brothers, sisters saved from death, according to verse 13. Then the spy said in verse 14, if you don't tell our business, as men say today, don't you go over that church telling our business. If you don't tell our business, we will show this kindness towards you. Look at verses 15 to 21. Then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was on the city wall. Uh, she dwelt on the wall and she said to them, get to the mountain lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterwards, you may go your way. So the men said to her, uh, we will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear unless when we come into the land. You bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head. If a uh, hand is laid upon him. And look what it says in verse 20. And if you tell this business of ours, and I'm big about telling some business, then we will be free from your oath, which uh, you uh, made us swear. Then she said, according to your word, let it be. And she sent them away and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Now, she allowed these men to escape by a rope uh, from her window because her house was on the city wall, according to verse 15. In this particular time, the uh, walls were so thick. Uh, the walls of Babylon, we know during the days of Nebuchadnezzar, it said the six chariot horses can line up and race around the, the walls of 
uh, uh, Babylon at the time. So at this time, you know, they would build these tall walls. Many people and some scholars believe that Jericho actually had two walls, one set of wall and another set. So it, that the city of Jericho, you just could not invade that city. And so here it is. She had her house up on the wall and it was cut out right there. And she let them down with a rope on the other side of the wall uh, to escape. Then Rahab instructed them in verse 16 to go and hide in the mountains and hide for three days and then head back home. Then the spies uh, said that they were blameless of the oath if she became a snitch. You snitch and we know we know it's you. You know, then we're blameless. We're not keeping this. If she remains silent, she will be spared or saved. Then they instructed Rahab in verse 18 to hang a scarlet rope from her window. So when they came and conquered Jericho, they would know her house. If the Word Made Plain has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you, why not consider becoming a Word Made Plain giving partner to keep this listener-supported program on the air? As a giving partner, you join forces with Calvary Chapel Newport News' kingdom vision of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can make your tax-deductible gift online at calvarynn.org or send your gift of any amount to 15553 Warwick Boulevard, Newport News, Virginia, 23608. And receive a gift from Calvary Chapel Newport News as our thank you. In addition to your financial support, we ask that you pray for the Word Made Plain broadcast, that it touches hearts and generates change in the lives of people around the world. We pray you've been blessed by God's Word today and hope you'll tune in next time to hear the Word Made Plain.